This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. In today's episode, we're going to spotlight Mexico. We're going to explore the country's growth in the blueberry industry, the current challenges, and the opportunities they face, and what lies ahead. To join me in this conversation today is Jose Luis Bustamante, Chair of Anna Berries and General Manager for Nature Ripe Berry Growers in Mexico, and Juan Jose Flores, Executive Director for Anna Berries. So, gentlemen, welcome to the business of blueberries. Good morning, Casey. Thank you very much, and I enjoy very much talking to you. Good morning, Casey. Thank you so much for this invitation. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you both. I, you know, I know you. Some of folks may recognize uh, your voice, Juan Jose. I think you did at least one or two of the crop reports at one point. Jose Luis, you did a couple of crop reports as well at the very beginning when we started doing this. Correct. At the beginning, I was the, the one in charge, but since then, Juan Jose is taking over, and he presented in the USHBC Congress. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we really appreciate those crop reports, and uh, I just thought we would jump on here and just do a little bit of a deep dive. We've done that this season for both Peru and Chile, and I thought it would be great opportunity just for the industry to hear from uh, both of you directly, kind of just what I said in the beginning, where we can talk through some of the history there in Mexico, uh, what's happening today, and then kind of some forecasting as you guys look forward here. But I thought maybe we could just get things started by doing some introductions and talk about your role and what led you both into the berry business you know, obviously specifically for us, blueberries. So I'll start off with you, Jose Luis. Thank you very much, Casey. So I'm an agronomist. So I've been in the fields for all my career. And I started in the berry business early this century. That looks old, but it's like that. It's early this century. <laughs> okay. Working there. I started working for Hortifruit as a manager in the fields, on berry fields. And that I catch the blueberry bug at that time. Since then, I, I worked for Walmart, went to the other side of the fence. And then in the last 10 years, I've been working for Nature Ripe Berry Growers, setting up this opportunity. And I'm being president for the last two years. Excellent. Great. All right. Okay, Juan Jose, how about you? A little bit about yourself. Yes, thank you so much. I, I am the agronomy, but my specialty is uh, parasitology. Parasitology is, is when you study in uh, some parts of the entomology and phytopathology. But uh, I have uh, more or less um, 18 years working in the different business of commercial. Commercial business, and I work for the Mexican government for the Senacica. Senacica is, is like uh, APHIS in the United States. That's really important for understanding the, how it works, uh, the commerce of the trade, the trade in the, in the world. That is my hero history. Well, and today you're the executive director of Anna Berries. And for the audience that isn't familiar with Anna Berries, maybe you could talk a little bit about you know, that organization and what it represents there in Mexico. 
Yeah, so so Aneberis was formed 12 years ago, and one of the founder members are the big companies in the U.S., Driscoll's or Chile or Tifrut, but also medium and small companies, shippers to the export market on, on berries. And the main focus of Aneberis at the beginning was assure the food safety on the exports and in that way have the sustainability on, for the industry in Mexico. Currently, we are 38, Juan Jose, 38 companies set up. We widen our membership to include growers, to include processors, and most recently, we include the nurseries that provide plants to the berry business, berry industry in Mexico. So we are very glad to have getting the whole supply chain of the, of the industry right now. Excellent. Excellent. And so I know it's all of the uh, berry patch, essentially, there in Mexico. But what percentage of the blueberry industry does Annaberries currently represent, roughly? More or less, more or less represent now the, almost 20% of the oil berries producer in Mexico. The, the first uh, crop is uh, strawberries. The next one is uh, blackberries. The third one is uh, uh, raspberries. And the last one is the blueberries, but it's the, the more important uh, crop now. Is You can see more uh, bigger um, grow up in this current season. And uh, I think it's the, the more important in the generation of the jobs and, and other things. Sure. Well, that's great. And, and again, you know, for those who are connecting dots, obviously the, the Chilean Advisory Committee, and then you've got the uh, Pro Arandanos, which is the group out of Peru. So, you know, Anna Berry is representing all berries there in Mexico. So let's talk now, and I'll pivot this over to you, Jose Luis, uh, just because of your experience and history there in the blueberry business there in Mexico. But maybe you can give us a bit of the backstory on the development of the blueberry industry in Mexico. Yes, thank you, Casey. Blueberries are very young industry compared to other fields, especially strawberries. So it's it's only been around for 15 years. We have some data of 2003, but there was a very small crops and trials. Really, in 2005 is when they start this one. And the first company to do it more commercially was Sortifruit, bringing all kinds of varieties that they have down in the South County many from the U.S., and put it there in the fields and just try to see what happened. Since raspberries and blackberries are more common at those years, but blueberry remain a good option. And over the years, it's been trial and miss and trial and success. In some point of time, we have blueberries just by palm trees. I remember people from Michigan visit us. We take them to the fields, and they were fabulous about the, seeing this blueberries with a palm tree in the back. And the industry in this, I will say they have like a two growth. So for the first growth was in 2005, 2006. It was a big growth in 2010, mostly in the soil. And again, that was a hit and miss because some of the soils wasn't uh, favorable to blueberries or weather wasn't the thing we were. We started growing evergreen type of and then from 2010 to 2015, slowed down and kind of a flat out. But then after 2015, when the substrate production started with the growing in pots, 
become more and more common. That's another big road that has been lasting for the last seven years. So the transition to POTS really helped to drive further innovation. And is this also variety driven in terms of you know POTS and the different varieties that are grown down there? And what percentage of the crop is in POTS compared to in ground? Right now, we believe that the, the percentage is around 60% is in POTS and 40% is in the ground. So that's, that's a big jump from five, seven years ago. Second one, at the beginning, the, the only variety or the first variety that adapt very well to Mexico production techniques was Biloxi, either in, in pots or in the soil. It really was the best. I remember trying all kinds of varieties, but Biloxi seems to be the low chill type of variety that be consistently producing good quality fruit in every season and transition very well to pots also. Nowadays, they're getting more and more varieties that are more specialized, especially bigger in size, but same as crunchy and good flavor. We have all the programs in Mexico. You have the Fall Creek programs, the Sequoia. It's been very successful. The other ones, varieties before the Sequoia program. Planasa is getting into the fields right now to offering good varieties. And besides that, you will have the, in, I would say, private programs like Driscoll's or Oz Blues, having those well. And, and all seems working very good, especially on the sustrate production that provide you good fields near big cities with good facilities and easy to, to ship. Well, and, and maybe talk about before Mexico became as big as it's become in terms of exporting its crop, was there much of a domestic demand for blueberries in Mexico? And has that grown at all while blueberries have continued to be increasingly produced there? Well, before, we don't even know that the, in the market, the domestic market. Actually, when I started this business 25, 20 years ago, I, I didn't saw a blueberry in my life. That was a, a big, big change for us. There were some tryouts near Mexico City by the mountains, by the volcano. Then all varieties on the regular high chill things. But the, the thing is with the new, not new, but the supermarkets being bigger and bigger and take a bigger chunk of the market in Mexico, like Costco, Walmart, Sam's, those companies are the spearhead, the growth and consumption in blueberries. It, at the point that right now we are we import blueberries during the summertime to meet that demand. So I, I saw a strong domestic demand. Excellent. Well, that's encouraging to me because, you know, obviously, you know, the USHBC's new vision is to make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. And, and it's true that a lot of these places that blueberries are today, they just weren't. 25 years ago, people just did not know what a blueberry was. So a great testament to just seeing what... Blueberry production is doing in terms of infusing further interest there in Mexico, and, and certainly more we can do to kind of drive that demand. But before we go further, I'd like to take a break. Uh, as you both know, uh, we like to take a break here for our crop report. The North American season is well underway, and we get further and further into this summer period. We'll be uh, welcoming more and more regions into this crop report. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. 
Yes, it's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Brandon Wade in Georgia, Neil Moore in North Carolina, Elizabeth Carranza in California, and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on June 8th, 2022. I'm Brandon Wade from Alma, Georgia. This week we're looking like we have pretty good weather. Last week, we experienced quite a bit of rain, a lot of afternoon showers, which delayed much of the picking and also caused quite a bit of splitting in our uh, Brightwell crop and Brightwell being the bulk of our late season fruit. Moving forward into this week, though, with this good weather, we should start to get quite a bit picked, a lot of machines starting to crank up, and the quality looks quite good on Brightwell. Good firmness, good size. Uh, we just have to get the splits out in the middle. We expect that for probably the next two to three weeks, it will continue to have good volume. After that third week, I think we will start to taper out quite a bit. It may be a bit fast on Brightwell as opposed to previous years where we've continued to have decent volumes all the way until the end of the month and sometimes on into the first and second week in July with some different varieties like Oclockney and Centurion. But with that, if we continue to keep good weather, then we should see good quality and good volume coming out of the Southeast. And that's my update. Hello, everyone. This is Neil Moore reporting from North Carolina where your crop report for this week on June the 8th, 2022. This week, North Carolina is continuing harvest mainly for fresh market. Very limited processing due to excellent harvest weather. Southeastern North Carolina received much-needed rainfall last Friday with amounts of rainfall ranging from one inch to three and a half inches of rain. This was sorely needed as the fields were being irrigated continuously. Temperatures that were in the high 90s have become more normal in the upper 80s to around 90 degrees. Scattered showers are expected for a couple of days the end of this week. Our disease and insect pressure this year have not been a problem. Our harvest labor has been adequate this year and will start transitioning to New Jersey this weekend. And our peak harvest is passed, and growers are finished with all their early varieties, and Legacy is the main variety harvested now. And our rabbit eye varieties are expected to start harvested in a couple of weeks to 10 days. Our crop estimate at this time remains at 23 million fresh and 5 million pounds processed, but thoughts are for the process numbers to be lower, and we'll know more as we move forward into our season. That's my report from North Carolina for this week. Good morning, this is Elizabeth Carranza representing California on this morning's crop call. So at this point, we have seen our total fresh volume start to slightly decline as of last week. If we follow the trend of previous years, we would expect this volume to continue to taper off for the remainder of our season. We expect to be completely done probably around the end of June, possibly even sooner than that, um, we are expecting to have some really hot temperatures this weekend in the light 100 degree range. So that should definitely cause our growers to try to get as much produce off off this week as they can before that heat wave comes through. So we really have had ideal blueberry weather throughout the season for the most part this year. It's been in the mid 70s to 80s during the day and cooler in the low to mid 60s in the evening. So it's been really ideal conditions so far for for our blueberry season. But we do expect to see some machine harvest probably this week, just 
like I said, try to get the remaining decent quality fruit off the bush before that heat wave comes through. So really luckily this season we haven't had any issues with labor, um, at least nothing like we saw last year. So that's been it for us. And that's my report. Thank you. This week, Mexico exported a total of 2,700,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to all the world. And from this volume, 90% goes to the United States. And also from this volume, 400,000 pounds were organic blueberries. This week, we see a, a decrease in, in the volumes, around 20%. And this is because the northern, northern region has finished its harvest and the central region will, will finish this next couple of weeks. This week, Mexico exported 12,000 pounds to, to the USA in, in frozen blueberries. For the full season, Mexico has a great season with 166 million pounds exported, and it means around 20% higher than the last one. In weather, this was a, a very hot season, but thanks to the use of technologies, there was no affectations reported. That's all in, in the report, and hope you find it interesting. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've added a lot more features to this dashboard, including USDA shipping price and movement, retail category performance, Nielsen monthly retail sales report, and much, much more. So make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. Jose Luis, we were talking there before the break just about the way in which production has grown there and kind of the domestic consumption. But are those correlated at all? Can you see that because there's been a growth in production, so much so there in Mexico, that more and more folks in Mexico are becoming familiar with blueberries and that is helping to perpetuate demand there locally? Absolutely. And you can tell that in the some remote area like in Jalisco, in the small towns, you see people interested in buying directly clamshells from the fields or they have their and a surplus or whatever. There's people that never saw a blueberry in their life and now they're getting in there. Also, these big supermarkets, these big retailers, I put it in the front of the stores, put it in front of people, and having a year-round supply of blueberries also increase the consumption. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to about the production, and maybe uh, you could just talk specifically about where are you seeing the most growth? Like regionally, in terms of production, where do you see production today? And has that changed at all over time? I will say yes, it's changing. Right now, we have production in, in many states of Mexico. The main and first one is Jalisco, especially surrounding Guadalajara area, which is central Mexico. Then, by all means, it's a new growth in the northwest of Mexico, in the Sinaloa state, very well known for the vegetables productions. But right now, in Jalisco, it's 3,200 hectares. In Sinaloa, it's almost it's getting to 2,000 hectares. And the third one is Michoacán, with 1,800 hectares. After that, we are seeing growth in, in two states very geographically separate. One is in Baja, south of Ensenada, around 400 kilometers or 500 kilometers from the border. In Baja, we have like 422 hectares over there. And then in the central Mexico, bearing in the Guanajuato state, 
It's also a lot of interest in growing there. And right now we estimate that 750 hectares being grown there. That's the current acreage of Mexico. So in total, we believe we have 9,000 hectares, which is, just to put it in, in acres, 22,000. That will be the production right now. And again, I will repeat, Jalisco in the center, then Sinaloa in the northwest, and then come back to Michoacán, Guanajuato, and Baja is a new road. Baja is an interesting place. It's south of the border. It's close to the border with California. And the growth there is mostly in the ground because very sandy soils by the ocean. And all the growth in central Mexico is substrate production. So for our audience who may not have the chance or hasn't had the chance to visit a farm there in Mexico, describe the differences. You, both of you have been to farms during our farm tours and the things that we put on at NABC, USHBC during our spring and fall meetings. But what would you say, you know, is is either the same or different? How would you describe a Mexico farm in comparison to what you've seen in the United States? I will say that the first is that we don't have big farms. There are some exceptions, but in the majority, there are small farms, maybe 20 acres, 10 acres, 15 acres. There's individual growers who are small to medium-sized growers for us. That will be the, the first thing that, comparing to the our visits to Salem and Tampa make a difference. And the second one is our fields are more labor intensive. We don't have harvest machines or have pruning by machines. We really have those two things made only by hand. And when I would say the similarities is I've been seeing more and more packing sheds with the newest technology to selection and sort it. So that's when we are getting closer to what I saw in, in the U.S. Okay. Let's talk now a little bit about going forward from here. You know, part of what will be interesting to see just kind of how the blueberry industry evolves is both globally for demand and then, of course, globally for production. And, you know, Mexico has been growing considerably in its uh, last five years. And I just thought we'd spend a little time with you both talking about what's the future look like? What varieties are making a difference? You know, how much acreage is going in the ground? And, you know, as we heard in the Peru episode, there's been some political issues there that have caused some investment to kind of go on hold. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about if there are any issues like that that you see that would, you know, slow down the growth for Mexico. And we can talk a little bit too about how the production is moving in other parts of the world. I know the United States is a major uh, destination for a lot of the fruit, but I know you have export plans to move into other parts of the world. So we could spend a little time on that. But basically, it's kind of that five-year projection for Mexico. Where where do you see things going from here? So we believe that the growth and the plantings for the next five years are going to be average between 10 and 12% still. However, most of this growth will be in substrate production, meaning that in acreage will be maybe not 10% in acreage, but more intensive production. In a substrate production, we put 9,000 plants per hectare. So it's kind of an intensive for us in the way we grow it. So we saw a growth in pots, in substrate in the next five years. Also, we believe that the, this technology of growing in substrate production is, is getting here to stay. Irrigation system, drip irrigation systems, and reverse osmosis plants to desalinate the water 
even though that we're in central Mexico, we start seeing some of those reverse osmosis plants getting used to have the best quality. So in that binking, you only want to have to find the right weather, but you don't need the soil, you don't need the quality of the water just to put it there. Second one about the, the earth is we believe that the blueberry production offer our workers a good, reliable place to be and almost year-round stay so they don't have to migrate a lot to be here. So we have, if not an abundance of labor, but yes, a very consistent labor with good skills for harvest. We provide jobs to the majority of our workers are women. And they are the ones that harvest and they did a wonderful job. They really are good at doing it, very cautious. So right now we believe that it's going to continue growing. The other segment that we believe is going to grow is the organic production. And we're getting more and more interest in that. At this point, we don't have that much of organic. We only have like 12 to 15% is in organic. But we believe that it keep growing as fast as the, in the general production. On the biarities, I will say that, as I mentioned earlier, so Biloxi was the queen or the king of biarities in, in Mexico for many, many years. Right now, we're in a transition period, go there. I will say company programs like the Family Tree have over there in Sinaloa developed. All the Sinaloa, everybody was following Family Tree Farms over there. And right now, and the Planaza with new varieties, and especially Fall Creek, with the, the ones before the Sequoia program, the Atlas, Yanka, Ventura, are very good. And the Sequoia program with Pop and Beauty are also really making a splash in the Mexico market. So I will see a, a growth in, in all those areas, more technology, better greenhouses or better hoops, to can avoid the, the heat and increase our production. The other thing that I, I will say is that Mexico is becoming more towards the production in January, February, March, April, that, that is becoming the Mexico window. We are more efficient, we have more production and we can be in the market in better conditions right now. As you mentioned, our main market is the US. We believe that in the 21-22 season, we have 145 million pounds exported to the U.S. But Japan is getting very important for us. They like the Mexican fruit. We have good companies in Mexico shipping to Japan. And we believe that it's a destiny that we should increase. We don't have heavy presence in, in Europe. We have a lot good presence in Europe with blackberries and raspberries, but not in blueberries. So I think... And, has to do with availability of the fruit and has to do with knowledge of the fruit. I think Europe should be one of the our points to promote and the consumption of blueberries. Uh, people like in Spain, for example, they, they start growing blueberries, but they don't have a strong market, domestic market for blueberries as they have in other, in other ones. And our main focus right now is in the domestic market. We believe that we can grow that market to be a year-round consumption and to keep growing as it is right now. Well, and maybe Jose Luis, you could talk a little bit about it. I think we're talking all fresh, right? Even into Japan or, or where is Mexico today on processed? 
there's another well-developed industry for Mexican fruit. Actually, major processors import fruit from the U.S. or Chile or Peru for their bakery, for example. So it's a, another segment that we will need to, to address and to promote and to get in there. One of the, the issues is that the, the fresh price or the fresh uh, selling price is, is way better than the processor. So right now, nobody is thinking like that. But they can act. what we see in, in strawberries, we see that 40% go fresh, 60% go into process. Right now, 95% go fresh and the blueberries, 5% only go to process. But really, it's a market that we can increase. Since, and again, it's more awareness in the bakery, in muffins, in all yogurt-based type of product. And right now, they're currently, they're buying either the puree or the IQF fruit from the U.S., Chile, and Peru. We're going to take a quick break here for our Blueberry Boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here is USHBC NABC Vice President of Engagement and Education, Amanda Griffin. Thanks, Casey. This week's Blueberry Boost is a fun mix of celebrating one of the founders of cultivated blueberries in the United States and an exciting new USHBC program offering. In 1893, Elizabeth White saw the potential in blueberries on her family's farm. She partnered with USDA botanist Frederick Cavill, and together they found the right blueberry plants to cultivate. It is no surprise that many years later, the blueberry industry is filled with women who are making an impact. For this very reason, USHBC is launching Women in Blueberries with the goal of bringing together these amazing women. We will host our first virtual Women in Blueberries event on July 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern. In this first two-part virtual session, we will examine the power of bringing other women along on your career journey and how to be more mindful in supporting women who inspire you. We will hear from keynoter Amy Vetter, CEO of the B3 Method Institute, and then we will interact with each other in breakout sessions. This opportunity will be limited to 100 participants. Thank you to our Women in Blueberry sponsor, AgroFresh. For more information and to be a part of the solution by joining the discussion, please visit our site, blueberryevents.org slash Women in Blues Network. This has been your weekly Blueberry Boost. Now, Casey, back to you. Well, this has been great. Uh, you know, one of the ways in which I've had the opportunity to get to know both of you better, but obviously the industry there more so is attending Annaberry's Congress. And uh, I just thought we'd take a little bit of time here to talk some more about what that is for your organization. And uh, I know it's set for July, but who's invited? What's the purpose of the Congress and what takes place for those who haven't been or who may be interested in attending? So I don't know which one of you would like to take it first. Thank you, Casey, for that uh, question. We are really happy. We have the 12th uh, International Anaveris Congress. The next uh, Congress is in July 27 to 29. The Congress is here in Guadalajara. We expect uh, more or less 2,000 and half uh, persons. We are inviting uh, to everyone. Basically, we anal- analyze uh, where we are uh, around of the berries, of the four berries, and where we are going. Yeah. 
Well, I have to say, having seen it myself, it's large. You take up a lot of a convention center. And I think it's something for even for USHBC and NABC to aspire towards, you know, where you guys are able to bring those vendors and the industry together like you do in order to kind of encourage increased innovation and application of uh, the new technology and the opportunities there are for the industry to get together. So, you know, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate the deep dive here and I know our audience will too. So I just thought, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share um, before I let you go? No, I will say that really we have a most respect for the American farmers. They do a wonderful job and we saw us complementary. We believe that having the presence of blueberries year round with same quality, with the same size, everything in commonality, that will increase consumption and that will make us all happy. And we really appreciate the farmers and we appreciate our farmers. So we understand the things that you're going through. Believe in Mexico, we are going to do the same things. Very good. Juan Jose? Yes, my last comment uh, that I share with, uh, with all people is this. This is a good history about of the life of the many people involved in this uh, blueberry industrial crop. We are really happy to be the part of the economy pillar of the Mexican economy. And we are really satisfied for, to be people working in Mexico. And the opportunity is here in Mexico to work in all and other countries. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for episode 102. A quick reminder that June is Brain Health Month, a part of our national plan to promote the benefit of blueberries. USHBC is sharing a range of information and enticing resources, including blueberry recipes, nutritional information, and health research. So make sure you go check out that toolkit at ushbc.org forward slash toolkit. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.